Hello everyone, welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast. I am Nick Knight. And I'm Lewis Birch. And today's podcast is sponsored by NK Active and Grosvenor Birch. So we have a special guest with us for Nick this month. We have Amy from SO51 Fitness. However, before we introduce Amy, we'll just give you a brief overview of what myself and Lewis have been up to for the last month. So for us in clinic, things have been really busy. We are still seeing what I predicted ages ago, where we're seeing lots of people getting back to work now, getting back to activity. They've Their activity levels changed during the lockdown period. And now where pubs are open, sports centers are back open teen sports everything's back to normal well nearly normal and we're seeing lots of people where they're just doing too much and they haven't put the conditioning back in and we're seeing lots of people with injuries we're also seeing lots of people flaring up old chronic injuries and so people with arthritis and then people going back to work where they haven't been used to doing the job and we're finding lots of these coming into clinic and we a lot of these i think could have been prevented a lot of these flare-ups a lot of these injuries so it is, we're doing a lot of education with, with patients on how they can reduce the risk of these flare-ups and what they can do to get fitter and stronger and keep active and keep at work. So, Lewis, what have you been up to this month? I was going to say, it's been a while since we've had a chat, Nick, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You've, you've been busy here and yeah. you've been busy there. I think we met, last time we met up properly was maybe my team played your team in a friendly in a hockey match. Well, show. we won't talk about the score. Well, we won, so well, it's... Well, a, your team is also many leads of our heart. I was very impressed with Nick, by the way. He's obviously being a sportsman in, in, in podiatry. I couldn't believe how quick you were. Your turn of pace. Speed well. is the only thing. I, I'm, my skills at hockey are not the best in the world, I'd say, but not many people can catch me, so I haven't got to have the best skills in the world. So. <laughs> Damn playing it, for sure. Um, what, what we've been up to, well, what I've been up to, principally uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been dealing with some pension trustees who aren't very helpful um, so we've got two guys who are both property guys. Um, they know property inside and out, and they, they hold some commercial property in their pension schemes, which is pretty common. Um, however, what we're seeing is the FCA have, have started to regulate what, what's, what's known as a SIP, which is when you have a property in pension. Um, and, and being regulated, it means it comes with extra capital adequacy. So you've got to hold a certain amount of cash just in case of um, claims, things like that. What we're seeing is that SIP trustees who used to have an appetite for property now no longer do. And so these chaps who know property, they know what they're doing, they're not, you know, they're not silly with, with their pension money, um, finding it difficult to deal with the trustees at the moment. So a big thing I've been doing is trying to find them a new trustee who is like-minded with them, that knows property, knows what the risks are, and will allow them a bit more freedom to get on with it. Uh, and then one of the, the big things that we've been doing that's, that's really coming up in our industry um, fairly recently is talking about ethical and sustainable investment. So, as you know, everyone's a bit more conscious nowadays uh, about plastics, um, using fossil fuels, you know, our impact on the environment. And so some people will choose to invest their money in such a way that can help the environment. Um, you know, it doesn't, it's not always a perfect science. There's still a lot to be developed in, in that space. Um, but if nothing else, it can give uh, some companies a bit of a kick up the arse to say, we don't like what you're doing in, in your business practices and, and these are the things that we want you to do or implement so that we will continue. And, and when I say we, I'm talking about the fund managers. The fund managers will continue to send money 
to those companies to support them um, to try and bring up the level of the companies we're investing in so that we're also helping the environment. That's a big thing for some people. Um, and I think naturally it flows in with our guest Amy today um, of SO51 Fitness because that's a big part of your business, isn't it, Amy? It is indeed, yes. We are one of the very few gyms in the country who put something back. We capture the power output of the people that come to our gyms and we send the power back into the grid because there's an inverter inside the equipment and it turns it into utility-grade electricity and sends it back into the local grid. So we power our own units. <laughs> so so in, a, in a real simplicity, excuse my ignorance, because obviously I'm, I'm the one sat here that isn't fitness-based, um, is it sort of like how solar power would work, as in it brings in the, the energy from quite a... Um, like a dormant space really you know this energy is being generated from something that's already there you know yep. people already working out yep. it's just what you've developed is, is systems that can allow that energy to be captured yep. and then reused exactly that yeah I can't say I've I've uh, made this product myself it's a, it's called sports art so it's actually an American company it's manufactured in Taiwan and it's quite new onto the market as you said like it's something that's up and coming here the amount of people when I talk to them about it say why why hasn't it been done sooner or oh, I had that idea years ago so lots of people like to put their uh, flag in the sound on that one and think they had it first but it is like joking aside it is something that I think will catch on I can see it going into all the mainstream gyms it's at early stages here so the big kind of probably the main reason a lot of people are holding off is the kit is so expensive at the moment because it's so new, the technology is new, but there is already a competitor coming into the marketplace very, very soon, um, which is quite exciting. They're kind of taking a different stance on it, but I believe it's technology that will link into existing kit to capture the power. So they, I th it's changing quickly, but sustainable fitness is something I'm really passionate about. And I think as an industry, we don't necessarily do enough. We're very good at making people healthier, but not necessarily the planet. And I think we probably have turned a bit of a blind eye. We need to pull our socks up and get involved in, you know, help So the how planet. much is your electricity bill every month? Zero. Well, actually, sometimes it's about five pounds, a whole five pounds. I think I had a five pound 24, purely because it's been locked down. So I myself clearly wasn't uh, working hard enough to, <laughs> to cover my, uh, the, the bills energy, myself. The energy companies aren't paying you. No, no, they should do, shouldn't they? They definitely should do. No, but I don't have any overheads at the moment at all, at all. And that's quite easy to achieve. That's not, we're not really pushing that. That's just naturally, we've just eradicated all the bills. I think, you know, I always joke that it works through the same plug socket. You know, it's a local conversion that sends the power back in. So I've always joked and said, what if I drilled a hole through and plugged my treadmill into next door's unit? And you could actually do that. You know, you can, you could actually power the next door unit. So I joke that, you know, if I get to the point where, I'm creating more. <laughs> can I just can I help someone out and plug a treadmill in? I mean, who who wouldn't say so, no? <laughs> so what, what numbers are we talking about? So how many people or, or how much energy needs to be expelled in order to, to pay your bills? I mean, what what typically if you if you weren't doing this um, recycling of the energy, what would your bill normally be? Oh, that's, it's a difficult because where lockdown has obviously skewed all the figures because we were at a place where I could have reeled that off quite easily. Um, but unfortunately, because I installed it in September 2019, so I didn't have that many months before we were catapulted into lockdown. So four months it went from, I mean, the first month, quite I do remember the first month, so it was something like £78 down to five, I think, very quickly, very, very quickly. And, and then, that's on a smaller scale, is it? Sorry, yeah, no, that is, yeah. yeah. So, so how many people have you got sort of, working out well it's just, it is a small gym um it's a mixture of membership and personal training clients that would typically be on the equipment but it is a small gym you, you know it's probably 
how many on average users a day? An absolute guess would be 20 users a day on, on each bit of kit. So I've only got three bits of kit at the moment. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, lot is so difficult because well, my numbers are low because they're locked down. But it doesn't, it, you'd be surprised. I think the best example I can give recently, I did a, I can devise this rather evil hit workout last Friday. Well, actually I dished it out to my clients all week and then decided I probably should try it myself <laughs> at the end of the week and then apologised to everyone profusely. But it, in um, eight minutes, I generated 10 watts, which if I'd made it to 12, for an example, it would have fired a powered a modem for an hour. It's really, so the, it's really it is. It? it is. And considering like the scale of your, do you know, you got three machines that will plug back, but you still got other kit there. But it's still not. It's still quite a small, yeah, space. It is. So you think you can generate that much in a small space? And you think if you then scaled that up, exactly. what could that actually look like? And yeah. it is, as you say, it's sort of these machines normally take a lot of energy to run, and all the all the motion that you got then physically using the machines as well, you're, genera- you're, yeah. you're generating energy in that respect. So Completely. it makes complete complete sense. Yeah. I'm trying to be greener. And that's actually, because that's how we first met. Because yeah. we only opened in September 2019. And yeah. I was, and then you, I can't remember if you messaged me or I... I did, I was panicking, I'm not going to lie. I saw NK Active pop up and I thought, oh God, there's another gym coming to town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I kept my BDI on you until you arrived. And then I realised actually that, that we'd really actually complement each other in what we do. Yeah. And that, that was quite nice. That That's a whole different topic on yeah. its own because then it's developed this nice working relationship as referring work to and from yeah. each other. And I, and I love the, the green energy concept from the work. I, I think it's a great idea. And actually, no one can actually see because this is just audio, but I'm actually wearing completely sort of eco-friendly yeah. shoes by a company called Hilo where actually these shoes are fully recyclable they take less energy the company puts more energy back into the mm. grid than it takes to make them made from all natural products and that's another thing is you talk about the gym industry the footwear industry is traditional shoes always end up in landfill mm. there's no way of breaking them down in the current the mass model at the moment there's no way of really recycling them. even the things that they use last to make the shoes historically they just all end up in landfill so it's a big big issue so now it's a case of footwear companies now look okay can we recycle shoes can we make shoes reusable so for example the upper the top of your shoe by the time the bottom of the shoe wears out is most probably still 80 percent of its life left and that it sounds silly but there is technology out there that exists that there is you could technically have a shoe where you could detach the sole of the shoe from the upper of the shoe with effectively a bit of NASA grade double-sided tape <laughs> that you are then, as and when the bottom of the shoe runs out, you then recycle that bit, stick a new bit of shoe on, you keep the shoe going. The technology for that physically exists and you can do it wow. now. And this material is like, you can sit there and peel it off, but as soon as you load it, it becomes like super glue and it just doesn't, okay. it doesn't move. Mm. And you can get shoes, that you can make shoes from plant-based materials, you can... So it is all moving in the it right really is, direction. Yeah, yeah. Shoes as well, but whether or not they're recyclable at the end of it, but at least they're they're taking something yeah. bad in the world yeah. uh, and trying to make good with it, which you know I think it's really positive. Yeah. In, in how we might see the, the the planet in however many years time. It does extend way beyond like the green kit as well, like you said. So fast fashion, you know, the yeah. shoes. Obviously, it's um gym wear. Apps is booming with like recycled gym wear now. There's just companies popping up left, right, and centre with, you know, things that are made out of like ocean waste, um, fishing nets, 
all recycled, you know, so all their branded clothing I've got, for instance, I've now changed it to a line that's an eco line that's made of 70% regenerated cotton and 30% plastic bottles. So you can kind of, I've taken great pleasure in kind of going around my own business and looking, right, what else can I do? So we offer a supplement range from a local company in, in local to London, sorry, um, who have no plastic, which is really, really unusual in the supplement world to have supplements and protein and creatine and in cardboard tubes. And even if you look at the plastic scoops in those alone, the, the amount of wastage you get in plastic, why do you even need a plastic scoop? Yeah. It's two tablespoons. Go and get a tablespoon yeah. and put your protein in with a tablespoon. It's really not hard. Um, so like each thing in its own right, it's quite interesting to go around and kind of look, reevaluate re the business. But I think the fitness industry in general can do so much more than it already is. So then talking about the fitness industry is that we could argue that your intro is most probably one of the hardest hit during this whole yeah. pandemic so how's that sort of been for you guys going through that that journey <laughs> traumatic <No. laughs> um it's uh, been a bit of a roller coaster to put it mildly but i've got to see the positives in it the one thing personally i felt was initial absolute panic like everybody else you know it's a small business literally built that gym myself physically with my own hands I laid the flooring myself it, it really is very personally owned so the sort of fear of losing your business you do what you can you know it's like right okay what can I do so it forces you into this position of how can I what can I do so you reevaluate your business and you spin it on your head and it's actually given me an opportunity to sit back which I don't usually sit still or stop talking as you know Nick for very long at all so it let me sit back and go what else can I do? I can't physically get these people in my gym. So how am I going to get to them? How am I going to keep them fit? So luckily the gym has been built on a, a massively like community-based ethos anyway. So everyone kind of wanted to stick together. So I was in a fortunate position. And I think the whole pandemic, really, the independent side of the fitness industry has come out a lot stronger than the chains because we have real relationships with people. And that is where your member service levels pay off you know if you haven't put the work in and got the rapport with people and got the relationships you found out about it in covid and it's very easy for someone to just go and cancel a direct debit if it's personal and your friends there and you're invested in the business even like invested in the green side of stuff it's very it's a lot harder to cancel so we flipped the business online like lots of other people um so we did online classes online <laughs> i did some bizarre stuff really looking back so i had people that had I said, tell me what equipment you've got at home. And I had a list of like a basketball hoop, a skipping rope. <laughs> so I was right. Okay. So that I went off and wrote a PT session based around what, <laughs> what people had at home, which was quite funny. So I had some bizarre lists of like kids, this or one kilogram dumbbells or, you know, so actually loads of reps to, <laughs> to work. So, but it was quite funny. We, ju we just did what we could to get through it, to be honest. Got issue, I got visions of people doing like bent over rows with their washing oh, baskets full yeah. of bottles of wine and whatnot. And sort of like... We did. We did the old cans of bean trick and all sorts. So, I mean, you've got to laugh. And actually, <laughs> we are all close as a gym. So even online, it was hilarious. It was like half the time they're like comedy sketches and you know, people's kids going across the screen, you know, naked or what time's dinner ready, mummy? I had in mind once. Sorry, everybody. We had cameras falling over. <laughs> I remember teaching classes where when you get to like the core part, they all sort of disappear off the screen. So I'd be like, I, I can't see anybody. So <laughs> I can see all your wardrobes, which is nice. I hope you're all working there. So, you know, you're talking to a, it's a real learning curve. But it did make me also, after that initial sort of get everything online, get everything up and running, I was like, okay, right, we're, we're going, we can still do this. And then that is when I thought, okay, I've got time now to look at the supplements I have currently got. I'll change it to this company. The clothing I've got is fine, but I'm going to change that to sustainable clothing. So I kind of looked at what else I could do. Um, and there's lots more 
that I've been planning that's still to come through in the in the next few months. But I think really. all three of us here we are generally half glass full. Yeah. Kind of people. I'd, I'd done the same. Like had to close, went online, but then it gave me time to then work on the business. Yeah. And I, the other part of me thinks actually, without COVID, I don't think I would have actually ever got that time to no. sit there and work on the business. Says, you know, we said that before, didn't we? Sort of like almost adapt or, yeah. or die. Yeah. What you're saying then about the personal relationships, that's yeah. exactly the thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, completely. It, it, it's if you've built those relationships and you're, you're in touch with people, even yeah. through COVID. Yeah. I mean, what we found, most people during those, that, those tasks, they just wanted to chat. Yeah. They just wanted a smiley face. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that was someone else outside <laughs> yeah. of their household. Yeah. And if you were so happy to give them some fitness yeah. at the same time great. it really changed the like personal training became therapy <laughs> so I mean and it's quite funny because when we were when the restrictions were lifted enough to do one-to-one -one outdoors I spent months outside yeah. months and months with my bubble hat and my gloves like, <laughs> shivering and it but the the satisfaction that actually gave me it, I didn't realize how much I was appreciated which is really nice so people I had I remember having a couple of texts after sessions you know it's like pitch black freezing and it was thank you so much I arrived I remember one I, I she said I arrived on the brink of tears and left with a spring in my step and I thought oh, that's so oh, nice yeah. and it it was like you said they just want someone to go and have a chat to outside of their bubble outdoors yeah. and do something different and, and if it's in person sorry if it's in person they can't smack off if exactly exactly it was funny when you said that and, and Nick sort of um, <laughs> spoke up but that's exactly why I said we were doing hockey um, fitness sessions over zoom yeah and it was exactly that you put your camera up so you're on zoom and you're doing all the star jumps and everything yeah. but as soon as we go down to do ball uh, like sits and stuff it's like right I'm yeah a yeah. cup of tea and a biscuit yeah. and then oh we're, we're back up to the star jumps i'll jump up again no but you spoke about the the therapy side of things and we've seen a lot in that there's a lot more general anxiety mm. and I think mental health is much more widely spoken about, especially during yeah. the the pandemic. Because I think every I think everyone's found it hard. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think sure. I don't think anyone will come out of this pandemic and said, "Oh, do you want to enjoy that? That was yeah. an easy ride." Um, yeah. And we know that exercise is most probably one of the best ways to to manage it. That. And that's what we're seeing a lot of people is that they they change their activity levels. So they've mm -hmm. either increased during COVID dramatically, i.e., they've they've increased, but they've changed. Like they so we had one they couldn't play golf so that he went walking five miles a day mm. instead of playing golf okay he got an injury and we had to sort of explain well if you walk five miles on a golf course you may do that over sort of four hours and you'll walk 100 to 200 yards stop whereas if you do like a five mile walk constantly it's a different type of load mm. but even then when they then get injured and they can't do it that fear of oh my God, i need to get back to doing this because it's actually the exercise that's keeping me sane at the moment yeah. and we see it all the time and it, it is is that you're seeing it as well mm -hmm. where you're seeing people attending sessions who are stressed out they're mm -hmm. mentally fatigued and actually a bit of exercise just you always feel good yeah after yeah. exercise in that sense i mean that's great for the people that are turning up and already seeing mm -hmm. here's a question for you mm -hmm. both is how or what would you say to those people who are struggling for the motivation to even start their fitness journey because for me i know obviously i did a lot of it through hockey um played a bit of golf really don't like running, um, got out and, and had some walks recently in the last couple of days. And it does, I agree, it makes you feel better. But what about when you're in that headspace where it's really difficult to motivate yourself to, to go out and do it? Because we all know the statistics there, the endorphins, mm -hmm. you feel better doing it. But saying that to somebody who's not in the right headspace is one thing. How or what would you say to those people to convince them to, to come and see both? 
I'll let Amy answer first. <laughs> You're going to copy my answer. Um, <laughs> what do you say to people most? I think, yeah, I think if the pandemic hasn't given people enough motivation to take their health seriously, then they need to wake up for one. Brutal as that is, it really has given, you know, that you look at the statistics of how more like the, the likeliness that you're going to suffer with COVID symptoms or even get COVID, dependent on your current state of health. I don't mean that, you know, if you've got underlying health issues, that's different. But the current state of your health, if you're fortunate to have, you know, a good foundation for it, you've got to take it seriously. And if there is barriers in the way, most, the kind of the most common one I'd say is the, the fear, particularly in the gym environment, is that fear of, I'm going to look silly. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. And I see that all the time. I think people feel so alone when they feel that. And it's trying to make sure they understand 90% of the people that walk through my gym genuinely are in those, are in that boat. They, you know, I had someone who actually came in this morning and terrified, absolutely terrified. And I know that at the gym that I run, it's so welcoming, it's so friendly. And I think, wow, if people still feel that in this environment, you know, God knows what it must feel like in the big chains. But I think you have to, you have to be prepared to get out of your comfort zone. I think you have to, you're never going to feel completely, possibly never feel like it is at getting started. But you just have to be, be aware that you get yourself out of your comfort zone. I always say to people, you probably won't enjoy your first few sessions here. I'm very honest. It'll be a bit of a chore. But then once you get into the habit and then you, once you start seeing the results, that is the hook. Then you'll go, wow, this is working. So I'm going to keep coming back. But you have to break through that first. And so that's definitely a, a, an application for the independent gyms yes. over the chains because the chains, too many people put mm. the headphones on, I'm going mm. to go and do my workout, but maybe don't take it too seriously. Mm. You don't need posters. Oh, I go to the gym, but actually... You're not doing the proper work. You're not raising your heart rate. I think, um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to sit here slating chains because they, you know, if there is a proportion of people that are so self-motivated and actually I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing that they put their headphones in and because the, oh, the oh, headspace, yeah. but it's, um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think if you're in the, the position where you find you are a bit, the, one the of your barriers, yeah, yeah, then absolutely, yeah. The yeah. try and find somebody. Exactly. Who, that 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 um, personal training is yeah. not just about being grilled in a hit session. No, no, no. It's about the fact that you've got somebody there that's yeah. a friendly face who's going to yeah. care and, and talk to you and exactly. make it a bit easier. Yeah. So to answer your question, for us here it's a little different because normally they're coming to see us because they've got an injury and they're already motivated to get back to mm. doing that problem because they, a lot of time they realise actually how much they rely on they rely on doing activity to just manage themselves in, in general. And when you take that away from someone, a lot of people feel like they lose part of their identity, that they, especially you take runners, for example, if you speak to most of the runners, and if you tell, if they're not running, they feel most like they've lost part of themselves because they really identify themselves as, as that runner. Mm. And going back to the independent gym side of things as well, it's, I think this is why... Part of the reason it works is we have our own little gym on site for the rehab purposes, but that works really well because we've got squat racks, we've got near enough 200 kilograms worth of weights, and we get people in their 70s lifting body weight kind of stuff, which they would never do in their normal gym environment because there's there's that nervousness of, I don't want to look silly, I don't know what I'm doing, am I going to get injured doing this? But it almost feels like it's that, it's that safe environment, and I think it's the same with a gym like Amy's. People feel safe and it's that community mm. feel and i think people i think now we're finding people are valuing their health much more they're like actually do you know what 
I may have got COVID, I may have not got COVID, but I've seen the impacts on friends and family who have had it, or maybe unfortunately lost someone due to COVID or COVID for the COVID effects. And it may, I think people are realizing actually, you sort of, you've only got one body, I better start trying to take care of it. And I think that's all part of how this sort of podcast sort of started, just sort of how can we sort of help people, how can we chat to businesses about taking care of their finances from Lewis's perspective, but then also then taking care of their health perspective from from our viewpoint. And yeah, I think it is so, so important. I think people are starting to realise it, it and, now. And it's that they go naturally, go hand in hand, you know, without your health. Um, what's the point in having any wealth unless you're passing on to somebody? And the same in the other way, well, you know, mm-hmm. without money, um, you know, sometimes you can struggle with, in some ways with, with the activities that you do. Um, yeah. So um, tell us then, Amy, what can people expect if they come to see you? <laughs> Great service. No, and what can they expect? A per- I'd say a real personal fitness offering bespoke to whatever their needs are. I think the, there's a lot of kind of generalised fitness stuff out there, but you want real advice specific to what you want, which is so individual. Um, and the trouble is with the kind of boom of the online fitness offering that's come about because of COVID it's not going to suit everybody. So although there is a place for online fitness, it's not going anywhere. And I totally agree that it's become a new platform for a lot of us. Um, it's never going to be perfect for you. And I think, it, like you said, you've, you've got one body. So why don't you invest it and actually get some real specific advice for where your current fitness levels are? And I think we take it right to this. We take it right back to the start. We don't come in and have a generalized induction. Yes, I've shown you the treadmill. Here's the squat rack. <laughs> off you go. Um, we do a kind of top to toe kind of basic analysis of like looking at ankle flexibility, knee stability, hip flexibility, shoulder stability. And we go up the chain and just check, you know, they might have a massively left to right imbalance or top toe imbalance. And unless you address that and you know where you're starting from, it's impossible to get someone's fitness program right. So we do tailor it really, really individually for I, people. I, I think that's great. I think that's a great, great <laughs> You know, and I think Nick and I would probably share that in our own businesses is, is that online offerings are there. You know, mm. yes, you can look up your injuries, but you might not get it right. Mm. I think Nick, we, we spoke about We did. Great. And it's the same for, for, for me in finance. Mm. You know, somebody will Google something mm-hmm. and think, oh, well, this is the answer. And sometimes that, that's right mm. and, and that's the right solution mm. for some people. Others, um, it might actually make things work for yeah. them. And, and it's those people that... If you're unsure, mm. at least come and see us once uh, yeah. and, and get an idea for if you are on the right lines. Because yeah. we, I, I, I'm guessing, Amy, mm-hmm. convincing you, is that you're sort of likewise similar with us, that you will just point someone in the right direction and say, look, actually, you know, you don't need me. Mm-hmm. You are on the right track. Absolutely. Before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sure, carry on. But if you need me in the future, yeah. you know where I am. Absolutely. But I think that, that you could then almost link that back to commercial gyms versus independent mm-hmm. commercial gyms are those sort of sort of from our viewpoint those big google items where it may work for some people so those motivated people who know exactly what they need what they need to do they just need the equipment to do it and they can get on and do it and that's fine but there are plenty of people that need the extra support and yeah. i want to i know what i'm doing you put me in a commercial gym i know exactly what i need to do i don't do it. I still like to have a program. I still like to have that accountability of what I'm doing. This someone's written this, and that's just me as a person. That's how I I work in general. And, and do you want to deal with people that don't use towels and that are on the bit? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. At that time, and, 
that's the beauty of having our own little rehab gym on site is that if I want to go squat, I know the squat rack is free. I haven't got to queue or anything like but that. But joking aside on the point of cleanliness, that is another big factor that I think has suddenly opened people's eyes up to they want a small gym because it's immaculate. And we're able to keep that level of cleanliness and hygiene because it's small. So it's, ma- it's more than manageable for us to have a deep clean three times a day. Absolutely fine. And when people are that invested in the community of it, they want to keep it clean as well. So the, the kind of whole they're buying into much more than the gym. They're buying into the community of it and the social aspect of it. So it is something that post-COVID people are definitely more aware of. I know that from people having it around, they're commenting a lot on the kind of cleanliness and the, wow, it's really nice and clean. That's because we can. And obviously it's come to the forefront as a big factor now. So I think we look to start sort of winding things up now. So Amy, if you were as sort of a small business owner Mm -hmm. in the fitness industry... For anyone listening who's in a similar industry as you are, what would be your one sort of takeaway that's been sort of a positive during sort of the last 18 months? Oh, one positive. I'd say my moment of advice would be never stand still, definitely, because although, although COVID arguably did make a stand still, never stand still in terms of constantly look at what's happening and reinvent your business. I don't think there's any ever a time where you've built your business and you sit back and go, all done, there we go. Um, different situations are always going to, come you know come up and I think it's always you've got to take things like Covid and hopefully nothing like that ever again but there'll be other things that will happen in our environment I'm sure and things that were thrown up that we're not expecting that will just make you sit back and reevaluate and look and constantly change and evolve and even things like you know the green side of that sustainability is massive now so if you're not on board with the even just starting to look at that i would start looking at it because i think the world is definitely focusing on that more and more now and do you have any questions for me or lewis any questions oh i don't think so (laughs) i don't think so perfect and if anyone wanted to find you how would they get in contact with you uh, we have a website, so so5onfitness.co.uk. We're on across all social medias, so5onfitness on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and we're based up at Base Point, which is uh, Abbey Industrial Estate. Romsey. In Romsey. Yeah. Uh, we will post Amy's details in the comments uh, below. So I think that's a nice point to end it. I just want to say thank you very much for coming on okay. and having a chat. Uh, Lewis, you've got anything else that you need to say? No, I don't think so. It's more about, I think, Amy, you've been the perfect <laughs> exactly what the podcast is about is those small owner managed businesses who are really thinking about their impact um on, on the world and their their clientele mm-hmm. um you're exactly the point the sort of person we want to, to, to have on and talk to and, and share ideas with um you know it's great even for me i've learned thank you everyone for listening don't forget you can always put on the comments <laughs> below and please do subscribe to the podcast and we shall see you all next month see you later bye bye, bye.